departing fact from fiction on the Ancient Art Podcast, we continue the countdown of the top ten ancient Egyptian myths and misconceptions. I'm your host, Lucas Livingston. Coming in at number eight in the countdown, the pyramids were built by slaves. As the nation of Egypt is currently in the midst of celebrating an historic moment of nationalistic pride and newfound civil freedom, we delve into an age-old myth that for the past few generations has been as much a political and nationalistic issue as it's been an archaeological one. The idea that the pyramids of Egypt were built by slaves, be they the Israelites or the Egyptians themselves, has been around for a long time. Perhaps the earliest suggestion comes from the 5th century BC Greek traveler and historian Herodotus. Called the father of history and also the father of lies, we already met Herodotus a few times in the Ancient Art podcast. In book two of his histories, Herodotus states that Pharaoh Khufu brought the country into all sorts of misery. He closed all the temples and then, not content with excluding his subjects from the practice of their religion, compelled them without exception to labor as slaves for his own advantage. A hundred thousand men labored constantly and were relieved every three months by a fresh lot. The pyramid itself was twenty years in the building. Now, Herodotus visited Egypt around 450 BC, a full 2,000 years after the building of the Pyramids of Giza, and he got a lot of his information from the everyday person on the street in a culture where history was really more of a religious subject than a social science. And it was pretty unprecedented in the historical record of Egypt for Khufu to be badmouthed like that. It's often safe to take some of what Herodotus says with a grain of salt, but that passage does say very interesting things about how Herodotus's contemporary Egyptians might spin a yarn to sell the pyramids to some foreign schmuck. Ah, the tourist industry in its infancy. At the very least, though, props to Herodotus for getting the pharaoh, right? The idea that the Israelites could have built the pyramids probably stems from the book of Exodus, chapter 1, verses 11 through 14. They set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. They built supply cities, Pithom and Ramses, for Pharaoh. The Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in every kind of field labor. But you see, there's no mention of the pyramids there. Plus, there's no archaeological evidence in Egypt supporting any of the narrative elements of the Book of Exodus. The centuries of enslavement and sudden departure of mass quantities of Israelites, let alone the Ten Plagues or the Parting of the Red Sea. And the narrative places itself at the time of the New Kingdom, over a thousand years too late to have had any involvement with the building of the Pyramids of Giza. Sure, the pyramidal tomb shape continues to crop up across the Egyptian landscape for many more centuries, but those aren't the pyramids anybody's talking about. The mention of the cities of Pitom and Ramses in Exodus 1.11 could refer to P. Ramsey, or Per Ramses, the House of Ramses, the sudden and short-lived capital city of Seti I and Ramses the Great. If there was any sort of conscripted Israelite labor in Egypt around the time of the New Kingdom, it probably would have been there. But again, there's absolutely no evidence to back that up either. In the first century of the Common Era, we find the earliest surviving actual account mentioning the Jews having built the pyramids. In Book 2, Chapter 9 of his history, The Antiquities of the Jews, the Jewish historian Josephus includes pyramid building among the hardships of the Jews in Egypt. Now, it happened that the Egyptians grew delicate and lazy. Blah, blah, blah. They became very abusive to the Israelites, yada, yada. 
uh, and they enjoined them to cut a great number of channels for their river and to build walls for the cities and ramparts that they might restrain the river and hinder its waters from stagnation uh, upon running over its own banks. They set them also to build the pyramids and by all this wore them out. We can speculate that by the first century, the myth that the Jews built the pyramids could have been around for a long time, and Josephus was as much a victim of assuming the truth as anyone else. One might argue, though, that Josephus, as a learned Jew familiar with the Exodus story, had a bit of a grudge against the Egyptians. He composed the Antiquities of the Jews in AD 93 or 94 under the patronage of Emperor Domitian, almost as a sort of propaganda piece. Written in Greek, it was not meant for a Jewish audience, but rather for his Gentile patrons and the Roman citizenry. This carefully sculpted and slightly Hellenized history of the Jewish people could have been more accessible to his Greco-Roman audience and sought perhaps to augment the reputation of the Jewish people in the public eye. That's a common literary form called an apologia, a speech or story in defense of someone or something, which is from where we get the word apology. The archaeological evidence, however, points to something else. In August of 1990, a tourist was riding a horse just south of the Sphinx when they stumbled over the remains of a mud-brick wall, and this led to the discovery of the tombs of the pyramid builders. Dating to the late 4th and 5th dynasties, these tombs belonged to the workmen who built the pyramids of Khufu and Khafra. It's been argued that since these people were buried beside the pyramids of the kings, they're unlikely to have been slaves. Had they been slaves, they would have been buried elsewhere and in common graves or pits, not real tombs like these. Tomb inscriptions include 25 unique official titles, like the Overseer of Workmen, Overseer of Craftsmen and Draftsmen, and the Inspector of Building Tombs. Furthermore, over the past couple centuries, excavations in and around the pyramids have revealed graffiti in places hidden away from view. The graffiti were made presumably by the pyramid builders themselves, with names like the Friends of Khufu, Drunkards of Menkara, and the Starboard and Port groups. These and other names are thought to designate the organizational structure of the pyramid builders, and that definitely doesn't sound like slavery. According to modern estimates, it took a workforce of 10 to 30,000 to build the Great Pyramid over the 23-year reign of Khufu. With 2,300,000 blocks, that's an astonishing one block every two minutes, but it's doable. Evidence from the excavations of the workmen's graves reveals daily shipment to the Giza Plateau of 21 cattle and 23 sheep to feed the workers. We're talking prime rib here, not chitlins and chicken feet. So they were treated quite well. These are not pauper or slave tombs, but their skeletons do betray the difficulty of their labor, arthritis and injuries including dismemberment and death. Excavations continue on the Giza Plateau, spearheaded by Dr. Mark Lehner. Recent work focuses on unearthing the lost city of the Pyramid Builders, which has revealed bakeries and a fish processing center. This is a really momentous period in the history of discovery at Giza, as we slowly uncover the truth and learn to sort fact from fiction on the construction of the Pyramids of Giza. Thanks for tuning in to another installation of the Top 10 Ancient Egyptian Myths and Misconceptions on the Ancient Art Podcast. If you want to dig deeper and look at all the sources for information in this episode, head on over to ancientartpodcast.org and click on the transcript for episode 37. Remember that you can see the whole Top 10 list at www.ancientartpodcast.org slash top 10. Yeah, you do need that www. You can also check out the Ancient Art Podcast on iTunes, YouTube, and Vimeo. If you dig it, please leave a comment. 
You can also follow me on Twitter at Lucas Livingston and connect at facebook.com slash ancientartpodcast. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at info at ancientartpodcast.org or send me feedback on the website at www.ancientartpodcast.org slash feedback. I hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time on the Ancient Art Podcast.